Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Today we are going to hear an amazing, inspiring story of how one woman overcame insurmountable odds and how there's no matter what happens in life and your family with their medical health, their medical conditions, that in the end, hope inspires strength, maybe a level of strength you didn't realize you even had. Today, we're going to be talking right here in the studio with Leanne Chong. She is the author of the book, Hope Inspires Strength, available on Amazon and also at her website, leannekchong.com. And this is really a wonderful story of real life. Leanne, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Dr. Kozak. Sometimes life throws you curveballs, and yet you've learned how to hit them out of the park. What made you decide that you wanted to share your message with other people? I think it stemmed after the birth of my son. You know, I had lost my dad at a relatively young age, starting my career um, a few years after my mom became permanently disabled, and the level of care I had to provide um, figuring out her finances and, and coordinating all her medical care was just a lot. Uh, being a young mother, um, trying to build a business. And by the time I had my son, um, who was born with special needs, it, it really blindsided us. And when that happened, after everything I had gone through, you know, all those years, I just felt like, how in the world could I have, could God give me this this blessing of a child that you know, um, was going to be another challenge in my life, but not just a temporary challenge, a long-term challenge. And after everything that I was dealing with already, um, it was it was a way of, of me really internalizing and, and, and understanding that I can get through this. You know, I was given my son for a reason, um, although at the time it was hard to realize why. And, and did I have the strength to actually take on this other challenge that was presented in front of me, um, but realizing I I don't really have a choice, you know you're gonna you're gonna put your best foot forward and do the best that you can. So that's kind of what triggered the initial idea of 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 my life being, um, I don't know I don't know exactly what I want to call it, but you know it was just thinking to myself, wow, you know how how can I handle all of this? My life has to be special somehow. And if I can get through this, there has to be some underlying message that's special that I can share with others. And that's really what motivated me um, after so many years to say, you know what, there's so many stories and messages I can share in my life experiences because just about everybody can relate to something in my story. You've become like a role model of resilience. You know, just when one challenge comes down, Okay, here comes another and another and another. And it's this continual, constant change that I think a lot of us, you know, don't feel comfortable with. But also just the struggles and knowing that, you know, struggles don't always end. Now, you mentioned that you lost your dad at a young age. How old were you when he passed away? I had just turned um, 27. 
And uh, we moved home. We were living on the mainland after college, just getting a head start working. I came home, got married at 26, um, just started a new career. And, and within a couple months of that, my dad passed away. So I definitely was not ready or prepared to lose him that early. I really depended on his strength and his guidance. Um, he was definitely a mentor. He was a financial support pillar for my mom and technically for us, too, because when we first moved home, we were living with my parents paying rent so we could save to buy a place of our own. And we actually got stuck there because my mom couldn't afford the mortgage alone. And the worst thing that, that I see happen is, you know, you lose a spouse and, you know, you lose your house, too. And you know, by by my husband and I remaining at the house and, and helping my mom to pay the mortgage, that was one way for us to stay as a family together. Well, and I, I see that happen, particularly with a lot of my patients, that they lose a spouse and they just, you know, not only are they grieving the loss of mm-hmm. someone they've spent decades of their life with, they also now have to take on the financial responsibility of managing a household. And in some cases, they may have never done that. And it's like a foreign world to them because maybe in their generation that wasn't the person who handled finances or or whatever that that situation may be. It sounds like, you know, you guys moved back with the intention of saving money so we can get our own place and the definition of own place had to change just due to the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Now, your mom was in a position at that point where she was relatively independent, Mm -hmm. but that didn't last. What happened? Yeah, so um, my dad had passed away in 2004, in February. Um, In 2006, I was fortunate to have my daughter, and I would say 18 months later, my mom started losing mobility. Um, It started with the ability to lift up her left arm, and she started with that losing that range of motion um, and started going through a series of tests. And they couldn't figure out what was going on, but they found the bone pressing on her spine and removed it. And after that, it just got a lot worse to the point where no doctor or specialist here could help her. And she had to go to the Mayo Clinic at Rochester, New York, to see if they could diagnose and treat her. So you mentioned that it started off with I'm something. Sorry, Rochester, Minnesota. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. I know, I know Rochester, Minnesota. <laughs> It's probably just as cold as Rochester, New York. But, you know, you mentioned that she started off with like a, a subtle finding, her her arm not moving. They thought they found the reason. Hey, there's a bone. That's causing a problem. Maybe that's it. So let's take care of that and see what happens. And instead of getting better, she was getting progressively worse. Yes. Inexplicably. Nobody could figure that out. Yes. So you went to Minnesota on referral because that's a place that has potentially some advanced neurologic diagnosis and treatment that potentially that could be offered to her. And they did offer her some things, but it Mm -hmm. just didn't really seem to change the trajectory of her loss of function. Yeah. So she was doing this IVIG, if if that's the correct term, treatment for um, multifocal motor neuropathy, which is a rare motor neuron disease they thought she had. However, after months, weeks, and then months, she, she went up there several times of treatments and without it actually you know, reversing anything, she gave up. And um, I would say within six months after that, she couldn't walk. So she lost all nerve and muscle function by that point. And when she was there, you had an aunt who was able to help with some of the transportation to Oh, yeah, that was clinic. wonderful. My, my, my auntie, her sister, would drive her there um, for her treatment. So that was great because at least my mom had her. 
again, a family connection. How often do people who get a devastating diagnosis have to rely on family members to provide just basic support, but also literally transportation? Mm -hmm. If you can't move your arm and you're losing function of your legs, you're not driving yourself an hour to get to various appointments. Mm -hmm. You need somebody else who would be able to help you. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. We're going to continue our story with Leanne Chong in just a few moments. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here with a wonderful, inspiring woman to share her story, Leanne Chong. She is the author of Hope Inspires Strength, a wonderful book describing how she overcame insurmountable odds to be able to handle so many different challenges in her life. And, you know, often as a, as a physician, I see patients and I may tell them a diagnosis and that's something I'm giving them. But but what's really happening is this whole ohana, this whole family support, everyone is affected by that diagnosis, whether it be something minor or be something major. And you mentioned that, you know, there's your mom going to Minnesota to try and get advanced treatment. It's not working. So she comes back to Hawaii. And now here you are as a young mother and you're dealing with with the continued disability of your mom and trying to keep your marriage going and keep your daughter growing and, and doing well and a business. Okay, so that's insurmountable, but that's not all. Yes. So as I was building my career, I think, you know, a lot of women can relate. They're trying to, to be self-employed, to build their career. Um, they have that challenge of being a mother, um, and a wife, and, and and I think that's what most of us experience in our 30s. Um, but what was unique at the time for me is I actually had to start caring for my mom at age 31. I mean, 31. And, wow. you know, and, and it's not just the care, it's the level of care. The fact that, you know, she couldn't write anymore. She couldn't go to the bank. She couldn't transfer money. I had to manage all her finances, um, and I was coordinating in-home care for her for two and a half years before she had aspiration pneumonia and cold boot at the hospital. And once she did that, unfortunately, she could never go home. She had to have a trach and event and get transferred permanently to a nursing home after that. And that just triggered so many different things for us. Um, and that reality that she could never go home. You know, one medical event happens. My mom was in her mid to late 50s at the time. And all of a sudden, her life has changed forever. And I think a lot of a lot of that, what my mom was going through, really impacted me. I mean, I just felt for her. I wanted to cry for everything I felt she was losing. You know, she already lost her, her husband. She lost her job because she couldn't go back to work. Now she lost all mobility. And now she's losing her house. I mean, it was just so rough. I wanted to be there as much as I could for my mom because I knew she couldn't do it for herself. And it didn't matter how hard it was for me. I knew that I needed to be there to help. And in the process of trying to help your mom, trying to take on some of the grief that 
she's experiencing and managing all of this financially and trying to figure out all of the logistics of it, you are also trying to grow your family. Yes. So it's, you know, it's very interesting, again, as a woman, because, you know, I would ask myself, when is the best time to get pregnant? Um, You know, I knew I wanted to change careers. I knew I I had to take um, a couple of very difficult tests, securities tests, if you've ever heard of a Series 7 and 66. They're not easy tests. And I thought, when's the best time to do it before you're um, to study and pass these tests before you get pregnant, while you're pregnant or after? And I realized, you know, I had so much going on. There is no easy answer. So I actually had to do it right in the middle. <laughs> and, okay, before, after, or during. All right. Yeah, and just, you know, the amount of hours that I was working, I already had my daughter, um, and, you know, trying to study for these tests during any amount of free time that I had was difficult. I, I had a miscarriage in between. Um, I was carrying an enormous amount of stress even at the time, although that wasn't even the peak of it, I would say. But, you know, you kind of learn to to take the punches as they come. And I think what I learned through that process, especially with passing these tests, is that you're capable of more than you think, you know. And as long as your goal is strong enough, at the end of the day, you can still accomplish it. You know, you just have to keep pressing towards that goal and know that, you know, you can make it. It it doesn't matter because there's always going to be something difficult that pops in your life. There's never going to be a good time for anything. You're always going to be busy. And, you know, we can choose to make excuses or we can choose to say, you know what, I'm going to figure it out. And I think that's what I what I did most of the time was I said, you know what, I'm going to figure it out. You've done a lot of figuring, a lot more than other people may have been challenged by. And so you did wind up having your son. And you mentioned at the top of the show that he has special needs. Yes. So the... um the interesting part of that journey was, you know, my mom, when she had cold blood at the hospital and, and then had to stay there for 35 days um, till her pneumonia was cleared, until her trach was um, sufficient enough to transfer the nursing home, I was coordinating 24-hour care in the hospital. Um, I was five months pregnant. I was going back and forth with my five-year-old daughter because my husband was working a swing shift. Um, and I still had my career. And, and with the intention of, actually, I had just expanded my career from just employee benefits to being a financial advisor. And so I had taken on all that during that time. I mean, I didn't know that my mom was going to be dying cold blood in the hospital and coordinating this care. Um, And I was so grateful to be pregnant again with my son. Um, The whole pregnancy, we didn't know anything was wrong. Um, There was nothing that indicated that we should be aware of anything till labor. And, um, And that's really where it, it was eye-opening. It was a rude awakening. Um, we were very emotional when my son was born. And it, it was just one of those things that we weren't anticipating until, I, until he came. And then the, I don't, I don't want to call it aftermath because that sounds bad, but, but really what happened after in trying to know and understand um, you know, the root of his chromosome abnormality and, and, and what that meant um, for him as a person was very difficult. And to this day, we still have no answers. And um, that's hard. But I think there's so many parents out there that have children that have some type of special need. And it's, um, it's not the easiest, you know, to, to, to see this loving child that you have and, and think that, you know, there's something 
that you 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 can't control that maybe you know makes that child unique and special in a way and oftentimes we just hope that you know our children are going to be perfect but the reality is that more times than not they aren't you know we just learn to you know accept and and love and and nurture them you know however they come out right well and and that's now you have your mom but you also have your son and he has needs of his own not just growing up but some of the abilities that he has and some of the abilities that he doesn't have and so how did you find a way to integrate that into your already busy incredibly frenetic <laughs> life um, well, with my son, you know, we, he's in school, so he gets services through school. My in-laws also help. And ironically, my mother-in-law is a retired special ed teacher. So that's been very resourceful. Um, my husband has been great with my son. Um, he treats him um, like there's nothing wrong, loves him unconditionally. And, and so, you know, that's been really, really a great help. But my son is blind. He's cortically blind, autistic, hypotonic, cerebral palsy. So in a nutshell, he can't walk talk or see he's now 11 years old so in diapers you know I puree his food um, it's you know it's he's a hundred percent dependent on those around him um, but we've we've grown into that you know we've we've learned how to care for him over the years so you know that's kind of our reality um, but the thing you know honestly that scares me in the future is as he grows bigger how we're going to be able to continue to care for him on our own. And so there's going to be a different set of challenges that we're going to look towards in the future um, that we have to tackle one day at a time. That's that's a, a huge tall order of what kind of challenges might happen in the future. And as you've shown so far, sometimes you can't predict what's going to happen. And just when you think everything is okay and stable and you got it covered, Nope, another curveball. Something else could change and rock everything up and rock the boat in such a way that you have to try and find a way to get back to calm waters. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. When we come back, we're going to talk about the message that Leanne Chong has for someone who might be struggling, similar to what she's had, or any type of struggle where, you know, life doesn't seem to be turning out the way you expect. And how can a family pull together to help each other get through that? We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here with author Leanne Chong, Hope Inspires Strength, a wonderful book that tells the story of the latest challenges that are going on in her life, starting with, you know, imagine, just imagine, I, I can't even, losing your father and then your mother developing a unknown idiopathic motor neuron disease that that is taking her mobility and causing her to no longer be able to live at home and be independent, and then having having to try and manage a full-time job and career with a growing daughter and now a son with special needs, just the enormity of how many different challenges that you've had to face just seemed to, to increase exponentially. What advice would you give 24-year-old Leanne before you lost your dad, before you got married? 
What advice would you give her? I would say to realize your worth. I think back then I felt like I had to prove my worth and that I didn't have worth just because I was young and I didn't have experience. Um, but the reality is, you know, we all have to work towards something, right? Even even in my mid-40s now, if I were to change careers, if I were to do something else, you know, you're always starting from scratch to a certain degree. And um, as a f- young female, I always didn't have that level of confidence. And I, I, I would probably tell myself that um, you are a lot stronger than you think and a lot more capable than you think and to just go out there and, and make things happen. And what would you tell the Leanne who is helping her mother traverse this medical journey? To take a breath, to, to, to breathe, to take care of yourself, um, to do things that are going to allow you to be healthy to be happy, to not stress out too much because it's not, um, it's not, you know, a short race, it's a marathon. And, you know, for caregivers, that's a big emphasis of advice that I have for them. Anybody can do anything for a short period of time. It's managing it for a long period of time um, because, you know, caregiving, there's physical, mental, emotional, and financial Um, responsibilities that come with it and we don't always know what that means till we're in the middle of it and and everybody's situation is so unique but I found that when you're in the middle of it because I I myself obviously have been through the middle of it and I have a lot of clients that are are dealing with caregiving one way or the other and um, I can I can feel the 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 emotional um, and physical and mental exhaustion that they're going through. And I always, you know, try and be there to support them and let them know, you know, they have to make sure that they take care of themselves. How about the Leanne you are now? What advice do you feel if you knew someone else who was in your circumstances or about to undergo some of the challenges that you've had to to overcome? What advice would you give them? I would say... It's not just about you. And, and so whether you're doing the caregiving or you're the caregiver, to consider um, the people that are around you to help. Um, utilize their help. You know, be respectful of their, their emotions, um, their time, you know, what you're asking of them. Be grateful for what they are able to help you with. Um, and, and work together, you know, to make what might seem like a, a very bad, you know, bad event, make, turn it as best as possible, turn it around as best as possible um, by having everybody support each other, right? Well, and some of the things you described to your younger self, know you're stronger than you think you might have ever had to be, and you're about to face that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, know that you'll be able to figure things out. But you also mentioned ask for help and know that you have resources out there and you can tap into those. And even if someone can only do a little, that that's going to be one little bit that will be helpful. So for those people for whom they don't think that little extra help, that little let me cook dinner for my friend who's undergoing a really hard time or for my family who I know has has a struggle or whoever it might be, that little bit sometimes 
makes a huge difference. Even if it's just that one day, that effect can multiply as I, other people help out. I agree. I, I, you know, I'm type A to say the least. And I've always been one that, you know, I like to do it my way because I can, you know, feel like you can control it, do it faster, better, more efficient and whatnot. Okay, are you in my head? Because <laughs> I have a feeling we're very similar. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I realized over the years, you can't do it all. And the more things I took on, the less I, I could actually do. And I learned to accept help first and foremost. But I've also learned over the years, and I talk about this in my book, that, um, you know, you we limit ourselves. I know I limit myself. And, you know, people talk to me and they, you know, see me after so many years and I tell them about this going on in my life and they always say, oh my gosh, how do you do it all? And I'm like, I honestly don't know. But you know what? You can do way more than you think. You know, I said it didn't happen overnight, but you learn slowly by slowly how to be more efficient with your time and what things matter most and and where you want to spend it. And and that is irreplaceable. I'm so glad that, you know, throughout all these challenges over the years, it has really, truly not just helped other people. It's actually made me a better person. So I'm very grateful for that. You know, there's always that thought that some of the things that we feel the most proud of are often ways in which we've helped other people. Mm -hmm. And you certainly have helped a lot of people by sharing your story, not just here today, but by even taking the time to write a book. Okay, so in your free time, you wrote a book. <laughs> I don't even know when you have free time, but you even got it, got it published. So if people want to hear about this story and hear the details and some of the amazing advice that you have to share with people, where could they find it? Where are they going to find Hope Inspire Strength? So my book is available um, for sale on Amazon in paperback and Kindle version. And um, you can also go directly to my website, leannekchong.com. Um, there is a link there where you can order my book. Uh, anything that you order through the website will be sent by me personally. So it would be signed and autographed. Um, anything from Amazon will come straight from, from the shipper directly. Well, and I have to tell you, as I was reading this, first of all, I felt bad that I haven't taken the free time to write a book because, Leanne, you have no free time. You wrote a book. And so, you know, you said you have to find time. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. Uh, but then you also, there's, there's wonderful quotes that you have. And one of them in Chapter 5, every adversity has an equivalent or greater benefit. And sometimes you don't think of it that way. Because we think, woe is me, look at all these challenges, these are all these things I have to deal with. And yet, you know, the way that you've approached your life has been to look at the challenges with your mother, the challenges with your son, trying to raise, a, I'm assuming now, teenage daughter, mm -hmm. and, and putting all this together while growing your business and, and being a wife and taking care of your son. It's, it's an amazing story, and it, to me, just illustrates what you thought of for your 24-year-old self. You know, you're a lot stronger than you ever thought. You might be called upon someday to exhibit that level of strength. And in doing so, you found that the adversity has actually had an amazing benefit and helped shape you into the person you are today. Yeah, I believe that these challenges that we experience, especially if you approach it with the right attitude and come out on top, um, it, it's a blessing in disguise. I mean, you learn so much through it. Not that we ever want to go through these hardships, but um, if we keep that hope 
and and we find a way to turn something negative into something positive, it just will change your life. And that's where I feel I've been blessed. The fact that you can even describe all of these difficulties as blessings, again, I, I just, I find it amazing. Throughout all the obstacles that you've had put in your path, you've, you found your way. It's, it's incredible. And I, I, I'm amazed that you've been able to have such a journey and yet still come out of it. And like you said, you know, inspire other people. So I, I'm, again, just overwhelmed by how much you have been through and how you've been able to transfer that into lessons for other people. Lessons for all of us. Certainly, certainly I could learn a lot of lessons. And, you know, just the fact that you're willing to share it and, and express this in a book that people can read and find so engaging, but also find these wonderful little nuggets of wisdom. Thank you for sharing that with us today. That's a different level of expertise that you bring to the table that only true caregivers for multiple levels of generations are able to express and share. So thank you. Thank you. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org, follow the links to The Body Show. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week right here on The Body Show. Woo!